You're listening to a really good listen. Hello, it's Rhiannon here. Welcome to the latest episode of our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, This is a really interesting episode and I really enjoyed listening in to David and Lydia talking to Mark Longbottom. And this is our most socially distant walk to date because Mark was in Auckland in New Zealand while David and Lydia were in North London. Um, David was a guest on Mark's podcast back in November. And so we thought it was only polite to invite him back and turn the tables and ask him some questions instead. So Mark very generously took some time to talk about his life in New Zealand and all the amazing things that he's done in his life and career so far. Um, I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as I did. Um, Please keep in touch with us and let us know what you thought about this and our other podcasts and please follow us on social media. Hello and welcome Mark to our podcast, A Really Good Listen. Uh, we're really excited to have you on today um, and it's great because I know you and David had a chat on your Purposely podcast so it's brilliant that we can continue the conversation together. Um, yeah. And I've sort of avoided saying good morning because whilst it's morning here where I am, it isn't morning where you are. That's right, isn't oh. it? <laughs> No, that's right. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah. Thanks for the warm welcome and uh, real pleasure to be part of it. I think we're living in a crazy world and um, this is a great concept. Uh, so I am, it is evening for me. So it's 10 o'clock on a Monday night. I'm in Auckland, New Zealand, which for those of you don't, people don't know, it's, it's not the capital, but it's the largest city in New Zealand. It's in the North Island. Um, and I've kind of relatively recently returned to New Zealand from kind of a long time in the UK and actually today someone said to me what you sound English and I said no I'm 100% Kiwi um, <laughs> and actually where I've come back to and where I'm walking I'm about to walk past a, 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 a cinema cinema or a theatre um, which is open and restaurants are, are open we're very we've been really lucky we had a really difficult um, lockdown a really strict lockdown many many months ago which has given us some freedoms um, but that pesky COVID keeps coming through the border, so uh, that it may not last these freedoms, but we'll see. But yeah, um, long way of saying thank you for the warm welcome and real pleasure to be speaking to you and David. Oh, it's so exciting to hear um, a bit more about where you are and like the fact that it's evening. I guess the days are quite long at the moment. Yeah, we've, we've had a, a, a kind of, it's been a pretty fabulous summer so far. Um, days along and uh where i am it's at stemport it's a naval village is the best way of describing it it's on the north shore of of the city um i get a ferry to work it's quite quaint it's quite victor all the houses are victorian my my wife's english and she demanded that we live um somewhere that with uh heritage homes or you know like Victorian uh, architecture um, and it just that's just so happens to be where I grew up as well so um, yeah really lucky to be living where we are and being it's good being home um, although also miss the UK uh, and we've got friends and family in the UK so 
you know, in, in constant contact with them, which is which is great. But yeah, long days, hot days, um, and and yeah, sorry. <laughs> it feels no, well, always feel bad. I, it's no, don't feel. I mean, to be honest, uh, where we are in Harringay, um, in North London, and um, uh, we do these podcasts where we get to kind of chat with people where they are. We've done. South London, I think, is the furthest, or maybe maybe Wales actually. So New Zealand is um, definitely the furthest. I don't know how much farther we can get, but uh, it's a gorgeous morning here. Um, oh, good. Yesterday it snowed. So I'm walking along a little stretch of waterway, but near my house, uh, with my walking boots on, just doing quite tentative steps so I don't fall over. But really enjoying the sunshine and. Um, kind of brightness on the water and David do you want to describe where you are? Uh, yes so I'm in um, I, I, I guess yeah we, we, we might have a slightly more global audience for this one so yeah I'm in London um, which as you said is is I guess the capital city that people will be aware is our capital city but um, I'm in Finsbury Park at the moment and as Lydia said, it's, it's really beautiful. It's bright sunshine. I can see the sort of the city and the shard and the gherking and all those kind of classic uh, buildings um, with the sun coming up. And then I can hear you crunching in the, in the snow and yeah. I've started moving again now. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's a really magical morning in the park. And I normally come here quite early on, normally for sunset or, or for sunrise. And then sometimes for sunset to do my walk a day. And what struck me is when I do sunrise, there's very few people around. Um, and then I know for people who have been here sort of in the day that the park is rammed. Everybody's on the paths. Everybody's here, all trying to socially distantly exercise. But it's what? It's like nine o'clock or so now. And I can see three other people in the whole park. Mm. And... I, I just think that's wonderful. Um, and just listening to, to where you are, Mark, it just made me think. So my, um, my brother went to work in New Zealand and he came back for a holiday because they had a, um, I have a nephew, um, you know, so we could all see our nephew. Yeah. And he lived in, um, is it Davenport or Devonport? Yeah. So basically, yeah, I guess, where yeah. you are. Mm. Devonport, sorry. Devon, so, yeah, so my brother lived in Devonport, came back in February uh, for a month so we could all see the new baby. And now he's still here because COVID broke when that happened and he just could not get back to New Zealand. So ended up relocating. And uh, that was a bit of a, a bit of an epic epic voyage um so it's nice yeah. and, and and when you were talking about the ferry he would tell me about the ferry and i'd chat to him on his way into work so i was almost yeah. visualizing you if you like in my brother's place uh, yeah probably doing that same commute and probably you, you're you may have even been on the same ferry at the same time so yeah who, from what, sure a, what a small small world small, <laughs> and and like to say that we are uh, i think david mentioned on the the, po the conversation with you mark that we not only do cycling but also walking programs um and we're obviously experimenting a lot with virtual engagement so 
um this is definitely part of our our kind of virtual walking program so yeah. brilliant to have you part of it um and I guess also just to say to any listeners who aren't based in the UK that we are still in quite strict well we are in strict lockdown again so being outdoors is kind of our reprieve at the moment um but Mark um we've sort of talked about where you are it'd be great to um for you to tell our listeners what it is that you do um I know you do a few things so it'd be wonderful to hear an instruction from you yeah so uh working in the charity sector um I'm a chief executive of Heart Kids New Zealand, which is a charity focused on children with CHD, which is congenital heart defects. So in New Zealand, there's 12 children a week born with a congenital heart defect. Um, there is no cure, sadly, um, and it's a di- sort of diagnosis. It can be prenatal, postnatal, um, and it's it's um, something you and your family will kind of battle for your life because you you know like your it's a pretty tough, uh, sometimes life-limiting conditions. These these forty plus different types of congenital heart defects. The bit that I do is um, I run an organisation which is nationally focused, um, and actually because of COVID, I haven't really been able to been able to travel and get across um, to all of my team uh, yet. Which is, but that will happen. But um, we offer two things: so support and information. Um, to those families who have had that diagnosis. Um, and it was founded by two incredible women who sadly lost their, their babies to CHD, but they kind of were, you know, in the hospital 30 years ago, uh, not, not a specialist pediatric hospital. They were, you know, the information was sparse. The communication with the doctors was atrocious. The um, support was you know not there um and so they set up this charity folk you know to, to turn that around and and that's kind of what we do so uh feel very fortunate to have this role and, and you know uh, we've got a really strong and um good relationship with the pediatric pediatric hospital starship in auckland which is a kind of covers the whole of new zealand so children fly up from all over the country uh, and we've got some amazing surgeons um, and I'm learning all the day actually all the time because my background is not um, not cardiology my background is is the third sector charity sector kind of leadership roles um, some service delivery organizations I've worked for so that's sort of what I've grown some expertise in but um, I'm yeah, learning lots of good stuff on the medical side as well so um, I've only been in the role coming out 10 months um, and after a long stint in the UK and uh, yeah I've got got a real soft spot for the charity sector in the UK as well actually so different causes and um, and I you know still feel connected to those colleagues but that's what I'm doing at the moment working for Heart Kids in New Zealand. Yeah I, I think um what you're saying about learning it that's that's something that I personally find I work in um the wheelie tots and also an arts organization and so many kind of partnerships with different people and like knowledge that you get to gain through working in this sector um makes it 
exciting. Um, and you also obviously present your podcast purposely. Um, and I guess I was I was curious because you in that you you interview founders and directors of charitable organisations and um, sort of hear about their founder stories or their, their stories of why they got involved. And David's, you know, David was saying in the, in the podcast with you that it comes often from quite a personal place or yeah. something that's happened in your life. And Absolutely, I kind of wondered that's been a real theme, yeah. Well, yeah, and I wondered if, if you've got one that you'd like to share with us about like you know your motivation for this work yeah and um, you can talk about the theme as well yeah sure i guess it sort of has a, f a few different parts to it um i had a real so yeah as i mentioned earlier growing up in new zealand um had a real um I think I might have been called left-wing longy at school. In fact, I, I was, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, quite le left-leaning back then. I've actually got a bit more centre-left, centre but hey, um, not to bring politics into it. Um, but I had a real empathy for, I guess, people who are going through tough times. And I'm not, I wasn't really, I've thought about this before, but I'm 100% sure where that came from. Um, but I think my mum's a psychotherapist, quite an empathetic parents um, who have done who did a really good job of kind of installing in me empathy and and you know think about other people's experiences in life. Um, so I had this really strong desire to want to make my life matter, and so my career or my professional life matter. Um, did a sociology degree got carried away with Marxism in that first year, but soon rebalanced for second and third year. Came out of university with a bit more balance, but still a desire to kind of realizing that actually society matters and what happens in society matters and was determined to go and work for a charitable organization. And the first one, first job I got, um, I wanted to work with children and young people the real passion for children and young people which kind of led to other roles in that sector later um and i wanted to work directly with them um and it was one of these scenarios where the fund it was funded funded first without really the thought gone full fully thought how it was going to happen or even approval to do it so it was a focused on trauma um it was a house it was supposed to be a sort of therapeutic house um, and it didn't really get off the ground. So they, they, in between that, they said, right, what else would you like to do? And there was an HIV respite center. Um, so this is sort of my early twenties. And I ended up being a kind of nurse's assistant in this respite center. Um, and sadly, um, nursed some very sick um, guys to their to end of life. And um, that kind of just furthered my resolve, I think. I'd also had... Um, lost a few friends when I was younger and and I kind of I, I guess then um, you know there's no halo around my head <laughs> but I definitely wanted my career to be more than just about money um, you know money is important and material things are important but that was kind of the driving force um, and actually ended up in London um, 
working for the Terence Siggins Trust because I wanted to stay in that sort of HIV field. Uh, and it was, <laughs> I look back in those times, and I had a real clear vision for, for this, for wanting to be a part of the sector, helping, helping people doing good sector. Uh, and I had sort of school friends and uni friends from New Zealand with me who are all in banking. Um, but I kind of set, um, stayed firm on that desire. Uh, and I was a poor relation when we we're going for drinks after work. But hey, um, <laughs> I, I know I, that I know that feeling. <laughs> I, I, you know, look now, you know, going full twenty-five years in, uh, and and I feel, you know, I've had such great experiences in the sector I'm in, um, and I've been able to kind of keep that work going with children, young people, if a bit removed, so you know, a bit more on the leadership side, or a bit more, bit more on the fundraising side, or um, but yeah, I don't know, just, it's so good if you can impact someone's life positively and if you do that professionally and personally, um, then, and I'm just really interested in, you know, people's stories and people and, you know, that, that's kind of, uh, what drives me. Oh, thank you, Mark, for sharing. Um, that's really interesting. Uh, I guess talking about your kind of early, early experience of childhood and then things that maybe happened as a young adult. And I suppose I get a sense of this just whilst things have evolved, there's like a constant, there's been a constant, like maybe set of values that have underpinned. Yeah, I, it was, I mean, when I was 18 um, in this suburb I'm walking in actually, um, a close friend um, sadly took his life, his own life and, uh, uh, you know, just what a waste. Um, and I think Jason was his name. Um, and he was, he was an incredible guy. Um, super short, super passionate, super powerful, um, super aggy at times, like, you know, <laughs> like, so, um, but he, I think, I don't know, sort of, he's always been, he's like, he's always driven my, uh, I think it's driven some of that passion to sort of help uh, people at their time of need. Cause actually if there is, you know, so, there's always some really important people in your lives that you might meet at the crucial point just when things are tough and uh, they can make a real difference. So I think Jason's um, short life, uh, it does definitely underpin some of my drive to, to want to help. Um, it's kind of, kind of sits there. Cause I'm, I've got, the suburb I'm walking in, it's like, um, it's a long, it's a peninsula really. Uh, and the really great place to grow up. Um, like we had a wharf, we have a wharf, we have many wharfs, we have sort of like ridiculous, like five beaches and I regularly run around Import and I cover five beaches and doing that run and I'm, walk, I'm walking across the, one of those beaches at the moment. Um, and or despite the beauty, despite the, awesomeness of lots of friendships and people around you know had this guy who was lonely there was stuff in his life that he couldn't bear and um so you know despite all of that uh and it kind of you know you look back at those times and think oh, i wish i'd been actually there that that night to sort of steer him in another direction or and being a bit un well, unable to do that and being a bit useless so um yeah it's, it's um, certainly something that kind of sits there and, it, and it, I reflect on if I'm, you know, 
struggling a bit at work or things are getting on top of me, which is good. So, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm, yeah, thank you so much for being so generous and sharing that um, experience. And yeah, it's obviously really tragic and I guess positive a, that you've sort of used that. Yeah. It's such a waste to suicide because often think with young men is, or young or boys is that it's a really impulsive thing and it's sort of sometimes a quite a romantic it's viewed as a romantic thing um but you're a long time dead yeah so yeah. <laughs> that's the tragic but um but yeah in terms of the podcast uh there's a bit of it's bit some selfish motivations for that as well so but also um a willingness <laughs> to uh connect people or connect people to people's stories so um i came back so so we came back to new, Ze new zealand at the end of uh january just as covid was kind of hitting there was people on our flight with masks on but not everybody by all means it wasn't no one's really sure what was going on um and we kind of thought this will never catch on this mask wearing thing anyway got back to new zealand and then um i was you know, I was still working for my UK company um, on a contract. Uh, when I left, they said this, you know, you might not be able to continue doing that. We're not sure about people working virtually. Well, you know, the whole company is working virtually now. So <laughs> that thing definitely <laughs> put on. Um, but yeah, I reflected, got back here and I reflected on all these incredible people that I'd met when I was at the St. James's Place Charitable Foundation. And uh, it, was a, it was part fundraising, but it was a fun funding role so it's the sixth largest corporate foundation in the UK and I was had the pleasure and privilege of running that for 10 years uh and you know I kind of missed it you know like it was it was a um I wasn't really in my own mind I wasn't really ready to leave but um it was the right thing to leave because I wanted to come home and I it was a combination of that and also I'd been listening to sort of podcasts with tech entrepreneurs and one in particular called Mixergy and Andrew Warner and I really like I still listen to this guy but it was sort of like um pumping up all these tech entrepreneurs and their stories and they've gone on to make millions and I thought actually I've got all these incredible people I've spoken to <laughs> so people like Sir Tim Smith um I just about fell over by the way Apologies, getting off the beach. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't notice actually. Got, it it, sound, it sounded fine. It. it sounded fine from where we are, Mark. <laughs> the the um yeah, the perils of doing a podcast while you're walking. But um the uh so Tim Smith, for example, um and his you know founding the Eden Project, um you know, uh Mark Johnson, user voice. So I had all these kind of people that I'd at Met or Wordsworth when I was at St. James's Place. And I used to go up to London and I'd kind of wedge all these meetings into one day and I'd come back so enlivened because I'm a massive extrovert and get my energy from talking to other people. And suddenly thought, never mind showcasing tech entrepreneurs. How about I start a podcast highlighting the stories of charitable foundation founders, our not-for-profit founders. And then you kind of, sometimes you go into these kind of conversations like I'd um, and you realize that actually it's a deeply personal story why they did it. And it's, it's just often the case. So, for example, um, I did one the other day with the CEO of uh, Alton John AIDS Foundation. Um, 
and so that's been released on Wednesday. So we're um, we're talking uh, um, about that in advance of that. But she, you know, she her brother lost her brother to AIDS, and, and it, that she's you know was motivated by that experience to do what she does. And I think that's been a really common thread. And I've just really enjoyed talking to people and helping show. And Dave and I had a great conversation. Um, and I've always amazed by people like yourself, David, who kind of have the option to, you know, continue or start working in the corporate sector or earn more money, um, decide not to, because they're kind of choosing a life of purpose, which kind of led to the purposely thing. Um, that's, that's a, that, you know, that kind of branding and people with a purpose beyond money with a desire to help people. Um, so we're sort of 30 episodes in, which is, which has been great and learned a lot about sound, um, made some mistakes along the way, mm-hmm. uh, a lot about recording, um, a lot about, it's one thing doing the recording, one thing, uh, you know, we're in the guest to come on for the podcast, but there's the other thing around promoting it. So digital marketing, um, learned a lot about that. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been brilliant actually really enjoyed it. It's uh, just, it's interesting, um, listening Mark, because, um, as you say, you, you talk to all these people. So it's, it's really lovely to listen to you and just get a sense of what's behind why you do what you do. Um, because broadly speaking, I think we all have this similar similar motivations, and we just execute them in um, in different ways. Whether you're in the for profit, non profit, you know, public sector, the people I meet, as I guess you do too, you, we're all broadly trying to trying to aim aim for the same end. Uh, it just manifests itself <laughs> quite differently uh, on the yeah. surface. Um, yeah, and and I guess whilst I was listening as well, I was thinking you know, what, what are the similarities and, and the differences between, between where we are? And, you know, we're literally at other ends of the world. Um, what, what's your, te- I guess it's kind of warm where you are, would be my assumption. You're in the middle of summer now. Summer, yeah, yeah. high summer. Yeah. So, 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 <laughs> so yeah, like, I'm, we're I'm, in deep winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we're in, we're in deep winter. I've got snow all around. I guess I can see the sun maybe. Has your sun set now, Mark? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's complete, yeah. completely pitched back. It's probably, still feels like sort of, 18 19 degrees like it still feels Peace pretty good yeah. yeah and and, and <laughs> so we've got these incredible differences you know on, on the face of it and then it made me think as, as you say about you know why why we all do what we do and this kind of yeah i think lydia once you described it as almost a craving for connection or the sense of community or you know we all you, you, we, we all need something and uh yeah. So, yeah. so, and, and I guess uh, someone told me uh, is in Michelle Obama's autobiography. But again, the sense of community, the sense of difference, and the injustices, left, right, and centre, and and that very quick snapshot into I, I guess what I perceive as a it's tough growing up as a as a young man in New Zealand for reasons that you will obviously be a lot closer to than we are. Um, yeah. And, and your point about this waste of, you know, your, your point around suicide and, and, and what that means. But mm. listening in, I sort of see almost lives end. Um, but, but people who you have met in your life will, will take things away from 
the moments that you have together. And I can only imagine the kind of the conversations that you had in that end of life setting as well, where you, you yeah. will meet such an amazing diversity um, of people and of thoughts. So I guess after that incredible ramble, um, I was just wondering, yeah, if, if you were to say something to your younger self, or would there be a piece of advice, or if you yeah, one thing tried to distill of... all of your awesomeness, <laughs> how, what, <laughs> they, what, what, how would we go? You're too kind. You're too kind. And <laughs> um, one one thing I thought of when you were just um, when you were saying what you're saying was was around um, New Zealand was very isolated. Um, so I was born in early seventies. So this is school in the eighties. Um, and if you didn't identify with whatever kind of slightly, you know, rugby bear and racing is the stereotype, but maybe yep. if you didn't conform or you didn't identify with that, then you felt quite other, you know, you felt quite isolated potentially. Um, so I think over the years, New Zealand's had a bit of a masculinity crisis. Um, and actually that's led to New Zealand statistically having higher suicide rate, I think. Um, there's also been quite relatively, people might be shocked by this, but quite a, quite a violent culture, but um, also a lot of aggression. Uh, and I think what's possibly true now is that um, until COVID, certainly New Zealand has spent a lot of time focused on travel, uh, partially because a lot of our culture was imported, but also if you didn't find what you needed locally, um, you travel and get it. And that led to people being, finding happiness because New Zealand was, you know, isolated, not a huge population. You didn't necessarily find your tribe because I think in life, finding your tribe is really important. And, um, and I think one good thing about the digital revolution um, is that, you know, people can find their tribes digitally <laughs> uh, through podcasts, through, you know, online groups, through whatever it is. Um, and I think that's that's exciting, and that, that kind of makes New Zealand potentially just a could be a nice place to live, but connected to the rest of the world. Um, and you know, people might not feel so disconnected or alone. In terms of a young, oh, it's, it's hard, isn't it? I think um, for me, around highlighting to younger people that um, everyone has a superpower. Everyone has qualities, uh, genuinely has qualities. Um, it's a long game, not a short game, and you don't want to peak too soon. You know, you could be incredible at school, incredible runner, rugby player, footballer, academically, but actually, you know, um, everyone brings something to the table. And so just focus on the positives that you bring, what you enjoy, mm. um, and don't sweat the small stuff. That's quite a, a rambling, uh, long advice. And that's probably by that stage, most young people would have switched off and uh, be ignoring me. You know, I'm, I'm now on the I, beach uh, um, and I've just <laughs> walked past some people in a star pool. Looking out across the, the calmest beach scene you can imagine. Uh, and, but hey, I know, look, I know, um, I know that, uh, you know, COVID, it's, the concern is COVID won't be good for children and young people. Um, mm. So we're going to have to, uh, I think that us older people, <laughs> like I'm nearly 50, 
um, are going to have to make sure that we support, care, work with, advise, you know, help, empathize with young people because they're going to need it, right? Um, yeah, we're supposed I, to I, be with, you know. no, I, I think you're sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut across, but I, I, I think you're quite right. And um, picking up on what you said about feelings of isolation and loneliness, I mean, mm. the project that we're interested in this walking project is all about digital inclusion so for people in um you know in london or specifically in tottenham who are really enjoying basically doing what we're doing now again i see this sort of upside to covid and so to think of new zealand as almost an isolated place but now somehow more connected digitally and the fact that we are having a walk together and having a chat as we would do if we yeah. were having a walk in person, you know, we would be yeah. having most likely the same conversation. And, yeah. and I, I think that's super interesting. And I'm just always conscious of our time and Lydia, you probably sure. timing this, but we are, yeah. I guess we're at our point of our wrap up. So yeah. I, I, I interjected there for, for yeah, time, yeah, cool. but I'm going to be quiet again and I'll let Lydia uh -huh. wrap up. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, yeah, I've just been, it's been really brilliant to have like a window into your geographical realm, Mark, and also sort of, yeah, your career backgrounds and motivations and hearing about New Zealand's fascinating. I actually have like family history in New Zealand, but that's pretty another day. Um, right. <laughs> and, and I think those themes um, that really suck have stuck with me as well is, is what David said about connection and isolation and how and mental health really and how COVID whilst it's obviously wreaked a lot of havoc I hope that it's shown people that we need each other and that mental health is something that we all can help each other look after um, yeah because people and, are, people have I love how positive one thing I loved about Britain was like incredibly positive people, but is but also Britain has a lot of beauty. And I've really noticed that my friends and family and ex colleagues in Britain have really gone in and, and down got down with nature. And they're doing like you guys are doing, walking in the snow, whatever the weather throws at them, they're out there and connecting with the environment and trying to grab social connections where they can. So hey, um, a real pleasure to speak to you guys too. And it is crazy, like. I think we should pay tribute to 3G um, yeah. <laughs> for, make, for, making, for making this all happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you, technology. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, enjoy the, the beach and the water and, and the, the heat. Yeah, and, and uh, we'll, um, I look forward, to, look forward to catching up with you guys in person when we, um, when we come back to the UK for a holiday. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Take care. Yeah, that, that, Thanks, will be, that will be lovely. Thank, thank you so much, Mark. And, Thanks, um, Enjoy yeah. the rest of your evening. Excellent. Cheers. Bye. Bye. So that's all we have time for for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned here as we'll have more podcasts coming soon. And if you'd like to learn more about Wheelie Tots, visit the website wheelietots.com and follow us on social media. Bye for now.